comfortably seat me in the podcast. I'm turning the tables around. I'm joined by Aaron. You don't need, Aaron doesn't need a second name. He's that famous. Aaron wow. from the Holmes Report. Wow. Uh, talking Gosh. about the industry from Praxis. Yeah, so. we're here in Hyderabad uh, at Praxis, um, which is fun. Big, big conference and great to see you here, Alex. You're obviously a veteran of the, uh, the global PR industry caravan. I've seen you at many events around the world. Um, what can I say? They, they, they roll me out. They do, you know, yeah. They, they, they <laughs> yeah. Sort of take off the dust, <laughs> give me a brush off. They put me on stage and I just talk and waffle and, and say whatever I want. And then you go back into mothballs. And yeah, and then they put me <laughs> back in storage. Um, but enough about me being in storage. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Aaron, about the state of the industry. Um, yeah, it's a big okay. one. Yeah. And the Homes Report is, you know, it is essentially the, the standard um, by which, you know, we, we view the industry. You know, you've got your own state of the industry which you put out in conjunction with others. Um, where, where are we at in the moment in terms of the industry's development and where do we need to be headed? Um, it's, a, it's a really big question, not, not least because there's so many things to consider when, you, when people ask, you know, where is the industry at? And then you also have the complications, as you know well, um, in terms of regions and markets and industry sectors and disciplines and everyone's at different places um, but I think broadly speaking you can say that the PR industry has some opportunities to capitalize on the way that earned media has become so central to everything uh, but unfortunately the, the PR industry also has several challenges it has to overcome in terms of investment uh, in terms of its appetite for risk, in terms of the agency model, I think as well. And I think if I was to give you a, a really glib diagnosis, which is not like me at all. Go for uh, it, go on. I would say that the industry is, um, is still progressing a little too slowly, I think, in, in, in general. And I think, um, you know, that's a really broad generalization, but I, I think any market you go to, you can make that observation. And obviously, there are some agencies that are doing really well but for, for the most part I think there isn't enough innovation mm. well with that let's look at the positives okay who's doing it right and what can we learn from them um, I'm not sure I really want to call out too many because then you know I'll have other people asking me why I'm not why you're not mentioning this exactly generalization yeah so I, I mean the ones who are doing it right I think are okay so this is what I will say to you I wrote a, a, a column earlier this year, and it was called The Rise of the Midsize. Okay. And one of the things that, that we have noticed over the last few years is that the firms that are doing well um, tend to be, there's a bit of ambient noise. Well, um, we are on site, you know, we're doing it. We're on site, there's a vacuum cleaner, and <laughs> this, this is a developing world, so you have to, you have to as you know, you've got to put up with a few things. Um, the, the firms that are doing really well are, are, first of all, they're often independent, and secondly, they're often mid-size. Now, being independent really helps because it means they can invest ahead of the curve. They don't have to worry about uh, returning profit to shareholders on a quarterly basis. I'm not sure that's the best way to run an agency. I think agencies should be run for the benefit of clients and employees, not pension funds, um, who who may own a, a stake in their in their parent groups. Um, 
And the advantage of being mid-sized means they can focus on certain areas, they can bring a level of agility to the equation, and also they often uh, bring superior client service. And they, they're not just uh, you know they're not just rolling out the senior people for the pitch, and then the account team is is completely different. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. tends to annoy clients. Um, so those two trends have been really clear to us for a few years. Uh, and what those types of firms are also doing, uh, wh- when we talk about investment, uh, you know, what are they investing in ahead of the curve? Um, they're investing in new types of talent. They're often investing in things like digital. Um, maybe they're investing in becoming better at creativity and um, in analytics. Um, so they're they're looking to capitalize on all of the opportunities that public relations has, um, rather than responding too late to the threats that face public relations. And we're also on site at Praxis. Um, yeah. Incredible event. Mm-hmm. 600 plus people, mm. or comms people, and I'm amazed that they are so quiet during presentations. And yeah, and panels. it's a Saturday as well, right? And it's a Saturday it's as like well. It's almost like they have nothing better to do. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe we should ring up some of your clients and say, you know, your, your people are not delivering today. You need to send them more uh, briefs. Sure, we can manufacture a crisis. Yeah, we, we <laughs> could do. That would be, that'd be very easy. Um, uh, yeah. Especially given uh, given social media and also traditional media in India, yeah. um, but also with with IBC, the part of the world I am in um, in the Middle East, that that's also very much still seen as an emerging market. So, mm. what is happening in these regions, and then how is that then impacting the the PR of the comms function? Um, it can be region specific. Um, so if I talk about East Asia, for example, what I'm seeing in places like China uh, and Southeast Asia is a certain amount of leapfrogging in that public relations uh, is kind of moving to mobile very quickly. And it's getting very clever about connecting content to commerce in a way that I don't see in the Western mm. markets and the more mature markets. Now, in places like Middle East, um, maybe Africa and so on, I think uh, you're not seeing that so much, necessarily. Um, but what you are seeing, and what they are bringing, I think, is this requirement for cultural intelligence and this reminder that great PR is really local and is really hyper-local. And this idea that you can have this global one-size-fits-all mm. model and you can have an American company you know, coming in um, with its messaging determined from uh, whatever the city might be. I'm not going to mention any particular Midwestern cities in the, in the great state of Ohio. But no, you don't need to. <laughs> but coming in with a one-size-fits-all message. Um, and I think, you know, to be fair, many American companies know this really well now, and they are decentralizing their storytelling um, to take into account the fact that you need that cultural intelligence um, and you need to understand people on a local basis and you need to listen more than you talk. And I think that's what many of these emerging markets are teaching us and reminding us. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you.